Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Are you in a restaurant? No, but I'm I'm eating in a room by myself. Okay. Well, I had that when I went to prison, you know. I thought you just laid down and went to sleep. Yeah, yeah. No, they didn't bring me any food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're out. I was actually thinking of that because one of the people working out has your mugshot T-shirt on. Yeah, you know, the worst is the ankle bracelet. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I kept hitting my wife with it when we get into bed at night. Oh, yeah, painful. It's just very painful. Hey, if you're <laughs> one of the listeners, leave a message so I can show Dr. Rodney how how it works. Tell us where your uh, what your name is and where you're watching from. Now, how did you get that hat? Is that from Arizona, New Mexico area? Um. I just picked it because that's what I normally look like. I'm normally just sitting around in a sombrero and sunglasses. All right. Here's the first one. Summer Lee. Dr. Rodney, when is the year mark for the outdoor um, meetings that you've been having? Oh, I mean, we started 31st of May. And tonight, what's it? 304, night 304. And uh, we're not, we're not. We're going to keep going this year, next year, until everything opens. And if it doesn't open, we'll be still standing. So but I, I hope that answers your question. If not, just ask another one. No, that she wanted to know when the year mark is. May 31st. I was there. Here's Joel. Hey, guys. This is Joel from uh, Rowlett, Texas. Just want to say it was a blessing to hear Dr. Rodney preach at uh, Church in the City. And it was awesome with the revival having you there, Brother Jonathan. Love both of you. Hey, Joe. Great to hear from me. Yeah, thanks, Joe, for the nice words. What you Where are you at today? Home? Yeah, I'm home. You know, I went out and got that turkey this morning. It was actually, it was like something out of the movies. You heard what happened to me Friday, hey? No. Yeah, we haven't talked in a while. I know you've been, you know, so busy signing autographs and stuff like that. It's kind of difficult when you get up to your stature. Yeah, I'm on TV and stuff now. I know, flying around in jets and stuff like that. It's hard mm -hmm. to get off you, you know. But uh, I wanted to go get a turkey. I've never shot a turkey. And they're coming to the close of turkey season yet. Um, really another week or so, which I didn't really know. I just thought I want to get a turkey. When, where we live, we get the Osseo, the turkey, which is native to central Florida. You can't get them anywhere else. And um, so I found a hunting operation that I normally hunt when I need meat for Thanksgiving or something like that. I called him up. I said, do you have any turkeys? He said, sure, we'll put you on one. So I went up Friday morning early. I mean, I left the house here at about, Oh, 4.15, got up there at 5.15, met the guy, little town, 
and uh, in the parking lot at uh, what store was it? Some you know restaurant like no, no, there was a, there was a big like a big but it's whatever Winn-Dixie Winn-Dixie Winn yeah and so uh, then we went off and uh, went to this field to put up the blind and we got in there and he was they were calling in because uh, you look for Tom mature turkey you got a lot of jakes and the hens come in and they put up a decoy and stuff like that. so we were sitting there and uh, anyway, make long story short, uh, I could see them off at approximately about 230 yards, these 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 huge turkeys and uh, a couple of toms, but there were a lot of females. The females were running around, but, but they wouldn't come close. And then this one female running, run right to us, run right by the blind, run, run, run right by the decoys and carry on going. And then the other ones just would—they wouldn't come in. So uh, there, there was uh, a farm nearby, and the tractor was moving, and so we decided to move camp. So we moved, went to another place. We get in there, and uh, some jakes arrive, which is an immature um, turkey uh, male, and some hens. So we left them alone. So at about about twelve. 20 Friday, we we decided we're going to leave. Now, I didn't really mind because when I got there, the guy said I had to Google you to find out who you were. And then I found out you never shut your church down. He said, thank you for not doing that. Wow. And then, and then he said, um, I realized that this trip here was really for me, that you actually didn't, you came here for me. Now, he's probably in his early 70s or whatever. And he said, I gave my life to the Lord. I got I got filled with the spirit. I believe he goes to Baptist church. And he said, I try to help go to the university. I try to hand out Bibles. And I started talking about souls. And he said, oh, what do you do? I said, well, we have the gospel. So when he script, he said, I need that script. So we talked for, we must have talked really for four and a half hours. I mean, we just went through everything. And he, <clears throat> he was a very nice man. And uh, he was calling him. I mean, he's a professional God, he was calling them in, and I mean, they were coming, uh, you know, to to the blind and stuff like that. But there was just not anything that we were going to shoot. So, um, but right at the end, just before I'm about to get up, I put the safety back on the gun. Suddenly, this Tom, this huge turkey, comes in, and he didn't come in on the decoy, but he was further away. Well, I had never, you know, I'm not really a shotgun man. I'm a rifleman and a handgun, but more riflemen because coming from Africa, the way that, that I shoot. And I do headshots on everything. I don't like wounding an animal. I like to take care of it. And, you know, we harvest animal, we eat animal, not just doing it for, the, for a blood sport or whatever. And um, anyway, so I had, I, I suddenly said, oh, there's one, now shoot him. So you, got, you do a headshot on the turkey and... Um, I, I stuck the bead on it, and because you know, I'm not, I put safety back on, and it just nothing happened. So by the time I unlocked that, um, I, I, I fired a shot, and uh, I was over his head. So then I something happened, and my uh, it jammed. You know, so I was trying to get it out, and I managed to flick the thing out. Came down and hit my finger. 
and I had blood coming out of my hand. So yeah, I'm now trying to shoot this thing with blood. So I'm trying to stop the blood from flowing and I'm in pain. You know, I thought, boy, what a way to end this thing. And the third shot just went over the thing's head. So anyway, he said, no, <clears throat> I said, sir, don't apologize to me. You did your job. I just didn't deliver because I'm not proficient weapon. I mean, I had to learn how to dove and pheasant and duck and turkey. I'm on a turkey. And um, when you see that head bobbing around, it's very small uh, at, at 48 yards. And um, so I was just over the thing's head. Anyway, so uh, we wrapped it up. I, and uh, then I, I called my son and told him what happened. He said, said oh, Dad, don't worry. We'll we we actually doing it. We I got one last week. We went to a place down church. One of his pastors is a top turkey guide. Who I, I knew that, and has been on the hunting channel. And um, he's guided for twenty two years. And so uh, he, uh, they said we take you out Monday. So I I spoke to this guy. I said, look, I'm going to delay coming to you until I get more proficient in what I'm doing. And I said, but I'm going to send a box up with all my materials and the script. So, and then I'm going to send somebody who can come and train you for what we're doing. <clears throat> and so he said, oh, that, thank you so much. That's so great. And uh, anyway, make a long story short, even shorter or longer. Uh, I left after the service last night and I went to their house because I live about 35 minutes away and we had to leave just after five, about five fifteen, And so that would mean I wouldn't get much sleep, you know? So I thought, well, let me just go over there. I got dressed in my hunting stuff and just went and slept on the couch. And then we, and so I got to bed about one thirty, and at five woke up and got ready and, uh, went out to the, to the field. And we parked the truck. We had to walk quite a ways in, set up the blind. It's pitched, I mean, it's dark. Um, and we get into the blind at 6.25, 6.25. So uh, the guide, he went off to the side. He said, look, what I'm going to do, I'm putting you right under this huge um, top who, because he, he goes and scouts the place and finds a weird nest at night. Goes in the morning when it's still totally dark and sticks you right underneath it. So you know you, you're right in the proximity of it. And then he calls the thing down to the ground. I mean, it's a whole art. I mean, the guy's phenomenal just to watch him work. And he, he doesn't use one of those stick things or that you scratch, whatever you call it, turkey call. He's got something he puts in his mouth and makes all the sounds and, uh, and draws this thing in. So we, so six twenty five starts calling, and suddenly I hear this thing above my, I mean, you know, just making the, the turkeys, and um, well, being a turkey, put it that way, and so uh, yeah, six twenty five, and I'm watching the light; it's getting lighter, lighter. I just felt we we got to get ready for this, and then at uh, about six fifty nine. This he's calling. I could hear one drop behind the blind, and a couple of hens drop behind the blind. And suddenly, this thing drops 
right in front of me to the side at about 39 yards, about 40 yards. Boom. And I said to my son, oh, there he is. And within five seconds, I dropped him. I mean, and so we walk out there. I was like shocked because it looked like something out of a movie, especially after my, my shot Friday, you know, where it ended in disaster. Anyway, uh, it was huge. We weighed turkey. He weighed in at 22 and a half pounds. And uh, Jeff had been guiding hunts for 22 years. Out of hundreds of birds, he said it was the heaviest Osceola turkey he'd ever guided. So it had 11-inch beard and then this one and one-quarter inch, one and one-eighth inch. And the bird length was about 40 Very big bird. Um, we scored it according to the score. It came in at about 68. 25 apparently anything over 63 is good and um now the top record of the 27 pounder so this is this is a big, a big big boy and i still was stunned about it i actually posted pictures on my instagram you know about this uh this bird of course people go on and making comments about the poor animal whatever i just told Did people they? i said Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, poor bird. Let him live. I'm sure they never had a turkey sandwich, but people. So I, I just posted on my Instagram. If you don't like hunting, that's fine. My patriotic religious of your twisted understanding or virtual signal, yeah, you'll be blocked. You've been warned. And then I just quoted Acts 10 13, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. So, you know, but. You still got dummies come on there making all kinds of comments. I'm sure they don't eat fish, chicken, or anything, you know. But um, anyway, it was a very surreal morning. It looked like something out of a movie. Crazy. That's awesome. Well, here's here's some comments. Teddy. Love you both a lot. Glad Dr. Rodney is on stereo. I love the platform. Love hearing you both. Love you with the love of the Lord. Very much. Here is uh, Makana from Hawaii. My name is Makana. I'm listening from Maui, Hawaii. Dr. Rodney, if I could learn how to make the face you made for your mug shot in every single picture I take from now until Jesus comes back, then I can get raptured with a big smile on my face. Here is Frederick. Hey, guys, what's your favorite dinosaur? Here's Frederick again. Would you rather eat a dinosaur or be eaten by a dinosaur i'd rather eat a dinosaur my favorite kind of dinosaur would be a um, pterodactyl you well i mean the turkey looked very very astonishing so some kind of a that could have been a pterodactyl that I shot. Basically, ah. and for Maui, losing, losing you a little bit. What do you mean you lose me? How's that possible? Your signal's cut now. Does it tell you that? No, I'm listening to you, and, and your voice is cut now. That again? But I can hear you. I, I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I would say a turkey is a pterodactyl. 
Here is. You must, see, you must see the claws on that thing, bro. On the turkey? Yeah. That thing will kick you, can kick you to death. I mean, when that claw gets stuck in your jugular, you'll bleed to death right in the field. They're dangerous animals. I believe that. That's why I don't leave. I don't leave my house much. <laughs> yeah, people. People have had, had stitches. That thing will kick you. I mean, if you you know, you get a rooster. You get it. You you get it. I mean, that's why they do the cockfighting. They put blades on the on those on the on the cockfights. Those things come out and go crazy. But I mean, you get kicked by by the big tom. He'll, he'll put holes in you. So. You know, 80% of my wife's relatives earn their entire living through, through that means. I believe that. Here is Asa from the UK. Good evening, Pastor Rodney and Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Hope you guys are having a good evening. I totally enjoyed the photo, Pastor Rodney, on Instagram. God bless you guys. Hey, Lady Green. Thank you. Um, yeah, we we gonna. I'm gonna cook it. So they uh, they get, they they skinned it and they're gonna get it mounted for me. But I'm gonna cook it. So we'll have a turkey feast. John, I'll wait for you to come around. Have some turkey. Don't wait for it till I come around. Well, I'm on. I'm on, I'm on a special protocol. I ain't eating turkey right now. You in your car yet? Why does there have to be beeping the moment you get in the car? <laughs> so you can notify you anybody. What's the point of the... I understand it beeps if you don't put your seatbelt on. Why does it have to just start beeping? It's annoying. Somebody's oh, asking you. There it is. Ah. Let me try again. Dr. Rodney, what is the process of plucking and cleaning and preparing that turkey? <laughs> it's, look, it's, well, first of all, the turkey wasn't plucked. It was skinned because that, that whole skin is going to be used for a trophy. So that, that turkey will be in my office uh, permanently. So, uh, oh, oh, it's going to join the other animals. Oh, yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll it's going to be beautiful. You'll see how it's going to fan out. So, I didn't get to do that. Um, but I mean, the process is very much similar to plucking a chicken. You know, we use we use hot water and then you know, you pluck the feathers out and stuff like that. But I didn't get to do this one because this one had to be what you would do on a deer or any game you would cape the thing you would skin it and you keep the skin together so that you can um take it and uh mount and have it mounted so i hope that answers your question well, so this is a, this is a nice app really it is don't you think i think so yeah. Are you, are you heading like home it. now? Yeah, I'm driving home. So now at the end of the show, or when they, when you go off, does it tell you how, how many people totally watch and that kind of stuff? Yeah, and you, and you can look now. If you hit those the three dots up in the right-hand corner, 
it'll say uh, it'll say show activity, and then oh, you, can, okay. you can see all the stats. Oh, we've had oh, we've 50 listeners, 27 live. Okay, not here's, bad. Here's Joel. Hey, Dr. Rodney. Uh, what gauge of shotgun were you using, and what is the brand and the model? Oh, I was using uh, the Benelli 12-gauge shotgun. Um, Benelli is amazing. It's like... Um, Probably the most amazing shotgun I've ever fired. I've shot a lot of single action and doubles side by side or over and under, but this thing is amazing. So, how far are you out from your house? It takes me about eight minutes to get from the office to my house. I know they have some kind of limit as to how long you can be quiet. Uh, I think you can't be quiet for long. No, it's a, it's an okay amount of time, like two minutes or so. Okay. And well, I think we'll if, if one if one of the people is quiet, they they boot they boot them and replace them with another co-host. I've heard. Oh, that. is that right? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I guess it's to get people talking. Yeah, or just that you don't end around their system of it being a, a two a two man podcast, because then then you could just pick somebody, you know, turn their account on, and then and then just leave it, and you just broadcast solo. What if you got your wife to just have the app in the other room, and she could just say yes, no. Yes. No. Or like, or like yes. something's happening. <laughs> yeah, something's happening. <laughs> Let me tell you, the lockdown is over here. Florida's crazy. There's I've a, never seen so much. The traffic here is beyond anything. Traffic's brutal here now. Oh, so you mean people are just coming out? Do you think? Do you think people went away, hid away, locked down, came out with five new children? They're already graduating university. Where do all these people come from? They weren't traveling. They weren't. They were sitting in their house. Yeah, you know what the sad thing is: is people still sitting in the house. And there, there's one more that's about to be. That's me. Here's Jose. Hey, Jonathan, my family and I were at your meeting this past Saturday. My family and I brought my mother-in-law to receive salvation, uh, but the whole service, she was real fidgety, and she was mocking you the whole time. My wife brought her up to receive salvation at the end, um, but she didn't take it seriously, and she wouldn't re uh, respond, you know, she wouldn't repeat the sinner's prayer word for word. And we noticed tons of beads on her ankle as well as her wrist. Um, my, my wife kind of regrets forcing her mother up to, like, receive salvation. Any thoughts on what we could do going forward when it comes to my mother-in-law? Um, and that question is for both of you. Uh, you. You can't make people get saved. So I'd pray for, her, you know, and I mean, like, 
I don't mean pray for like the American way. That's basically like, it's a lost cause. Just keep them in prayer. I mean, concerted prayer and, uh, do what you're doing. Take, take her to meetings because the word of God is incorruptible seed. So whatever response someone does or doesn't have in a meeting, it's not the end of it because it, it, it stays with them. Pastor Rodney. Yeah. yeah. I would say just, just love her, you know, just uh, that can speak hugely. And obviously there's no telling what she went through. Maybe she went through some kind of an abuse situation that she's angry against the church or whatever, and that's why she's mocking. You, you don't know. But obviously, you said she was fidgety, so it sounds like she was under major conviction. So God dealing with her, just love her, pray for her, as uh, John said, and um, God will do a work. She'll see Jesus in you, you know. Who else? If you're watching and you never use this app before, you can uh, or listening. You can hit that button on your bottom left and leave us a message, and we'll, we'll respond. And you don't, you know, there's no video, so you don't have to worry about how you look or how messy your house is. Not that most of you ever worry about that anyway, from the looks of you. <laughs> I want to say something to our friend from Maui. Um, uh, just just look in the camera and make a straight face and you'll have a mugshot. All right, yes, Makana. Let me see here. That's him again. Go ahead. Oh, maybe. Okay, that's him again. How did you guys learn how to roast people so well? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we. it's a sense of humor you have to have. But there's some guys that are very phenomenal and it was Don Rickles so if you want to check Don Rickles out on YouTube he's dead now I think he died at 100 years of age and and, uh, and if, if if you listen to how Don Rickles learned to do it it's why I, I'm sure me and Pastor Rodney ended up like that is basically when you meet ministers they either let people get them down or they find a way to have a laugh and I and stay on top instead of being depressed and I, I think that's what we've all done. And it's also a case of entertainment. Yes. You entertain yourself. Yeah. Um, if you've worked as many graveyards as I have over the years, you'd understand why. Yes. Um, another question. I have a question uh, for both yourself, Evangelist Jonathan and Pastor Rodney. What advice would you give um, for myself waiting um, to get to Bible school? Well, uh, first of all, it sounds like you're living in the UK. Um, there is there's a school in the UK that you can get to right now. Um, but uh, I'm not sure where you live. Uh, I'd like to know where, where in the UK do you live, and then I can get you the information. But if you talk about going to another country, I don't know when the rules and regulations for that, it's going to change. Do you want to say something, Jonathan, on that? No, I, I had nothing to add. I, I like that you, uh, there is a good school in the UK. Run sure. by a good guy. That would, yeah. that would be, uh, where, that would be where to go. Belinda. Yeah. So, um, I, we brought, um, seven youth to the camp meeting in Peckville and we came to all services except for the Sunday night service for, 
um, youth rededicated their lives to the Lord. Um, One of them struggled with um, suicidal thoughts and cutting. Another one with pornography and nicotine. Um, And so going forward, I know using the word and, and scripture and praying with them, what are some other spiritual ways I can encourage them as their leader? Pastor Rodney. I mean, look, basically, first of all, with every one of these problems, there's a root. And so it's just really spending time talking them and getting them to talk it out. Because a lot of times people don't, they don't, they'll talk around the problem, but they won't, they won't get to the root of the problem. And if you pray, God will show you what the key is. Each one of these cases, there's a key that will unlock the door to something, to an event or situation that took place in their life. And the Holy Spirit will show you exactly what that is. And the moment you can dismantle those thoughts and show them how that become a stronghold that's holding them in in in, the, in captivity, you can break that because um, uh, that the Bible says the entrance of his word brings light. And so you, you bring light into the thing. And when light comes, darkness flees. So I am currently in Essex, located in Basildon. Yeah. yeah. I always love the British accent, you know. I'm currently in Essex, in, in Essex, located in Basildon. Um, I mean, there's a church down near London that's still open and never closed, and they have a Bible school, and the Bible school's open. So if you're interested in going there, we can get you the information. Who's next? Nice app. So what's the most listeners you put on you? I've had 120 listening at a time. Wow. I think it also probably determines the time of the day that you do that. Time of day matters. And um, if you schedule it ahead of time, you know, and like put it on. So, like, I guarantee you we'd have over 200 if you popped it up ahead of time and scheduled it. Oh, here's somebody. Okay. Thank you very much, Pastor Rodney. All right, if you follow me on Instagram, just private message me and I'll get all your information and I'll get it to them and they can call you and we'll, we'll get you going in Bible Nat- school. Natalia. Hi, come on. Hey, Jonathan, this is Natalia from Jacksonville, Florida. I just wanted to say a huge thank you when you were here you stopped by and said hi to my nine-year-old daughter she like really looks up to you wants to be an evangelist when she grows up so it was like a big deal for her that you would like stop and wave and say hi to her and she would blush and giggle but it just made such an impact on her and she still talks about it to this day so thank you so much i really appreciate it you're welcome 
I've I've made a point that no matter how big a celebrity I become, I'll never forget the little people. Well, thank you. That, that's really Hi, Pastor Rodney. Hi, Jonathan. God bless both of you. Thank you for your teaching, your preaching that really helped me, encouraged me, empowered me to live a victorious life in Jesus' name. Awesome. Hey, John, th that really encourages me because you would condescend to even have a talk with me uh, this time. Oh, yeah. Anybody. Here's uh, Michael. What are both of your thoughts on the Trinity? Mm, I, think, I feel like there's... I'll actually go months at a time without thinking about it, but if I do think about it, I think that there's the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, three separate persons. I think where people get confused with the Trinity is they have this idea that they somehow become one, like one thing. And I think if you get that out of your head, it's a pretty easy concept to understand that they're one in their unity. But they never like merge to become like one form. So, and then for people that don't believe in the Trinity, the script, there's a couple of scriptures that are very difficult to get around. One is when Jesus is baptized and a voice speaks out of heaven and says, This, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descended as a dove, like a dove on on jesus so you have jesus in the water with john the holy spirit descended upon him like a dove and and a voice spoke out of heaven saying this is my son in whom i'm well pleased that's a tough one to get around if you think there's only jesus because he'd had to throw his voice and then somehow shape shift while still remaining the other shape then the other he would one have is, had to uh, be a ventriloquist yeah yeah and then the other one is when philip which I actually got this hearing you preach one time when Philip was Stephen, getting, Stephen, when Stephen, Stephen was sorry, when Stephen was getting stoned to death, and uh, he he said, "Look, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God." You know, that's that's a that's a tough one to get around. So, I know some people think there's only Jesus and God the Father. It refers to Jesus and the Holy Spirit is Jesus, but you can't you you can't really make that uh, that case from the Bible. Yeah, and Jesus said, "Not my will, but thine be done." And uh, no man knows the day of the hour, but my Father, which is heaven, you know. So those are that's good. Here's Natalia. Hey, how did the two of you guys meet? I don't think I've ever heard the story of how you two met or crossed paths, and how you guys um, got hooked up in ministry together. Can you please share? We were both Basically. contestants on Wheel, Wheel of Fortune. And then they have a meal for the contestants afterwards, and we got along, so we stayed in touch. My story was a little different than yours. Go ahead. You tell, you tell your story. <laughs> uh -oh. now, so it's I'll, not, I'll stay with you. I'll stay with your Wheel of Fortune story. Huh? Though it's not known whether Shuttlesworth and Howard Brown are actually friends. Yeah. No, it was it was because you and me, remember, had to appear on Judge Judy. <laughs> we met the first time we met. I owed, Pastor you, Rodney was I owed you $23.13 from that uh, Taco Bell thing. <laughs> 
and you took and me you a judge pay it, and I, I got the county magistrate involved when we went to small claims court. Yeah, that, that's it. That's what happened. The uh, Pastor Rodney was preaching at a camp at a at a convention in upstate New York, Watertown, New York, and I met him before the service briefly. I was nineteen. And he said, stick around uh, after. I'll give you one of my new books, um, or my new book, which he had just written, Seeing Jesus As He Really Is. So after the service, there was like 2,000 people there. I obviously wasn't going to like hang around and be like, hey, um, Pastor Rod, do you remember me? You said you'd give me a book. So I just like, I worked at the radio station of that church that summer as an intern. So I just went into the radio station and got back to work. And, uh, he came and found me. He's like, there you are. I was looking everywhere for you. And he gave me a copy of Seeing Jesus As He Really Is. That's when we first met. And then we didn't see each other again for, for years. And then I came. Uh, he called me and invited me to come down to Florida with Adalis. And we, we came for a Friday and a Saturday. And then, and, and then I'd say when we reconnected after that was that Life Point Church in Maryland you were preaching and you had me share, which was the first time you ever had me like speak in one of your services. And you had me speak like a, a decent amount that night. And uh, then the next morning you called me because you were going to meet with all the bishops around Washington, D.C. and Baltimore because you were setting up um, Celebrate America. And you asked if I could cover your morning service. Wow, so you remember that. I, for, I, for, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was like 2014. So wow. the the service went good, and then the pastor told Pastor Rodney that the service went good. So then I think that then the next minister's conference was when you had me speak a decent amount because you'd already like tested me out at another place, and I, I wasn't an idiot. And uh, and then that's, that's when it kind of started to like hang out more. Sure. Well, I mean, I recognize the morning on you. And the story from when, you know, the angel appeared to you. So uh, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to, you know, I could see what God was doing with you and what he was going to do with you, you know. And it's well, only I'm small ready. beginnings. Right now, this thing, wait, just wait the next three years. I mean, I'm telling you, it's only the beginning. Here, so. I received that. Here, here's uh, McConnell. I want to ask you guys more about roasting, but from like a spiritual standpoint and stuff. Because I don't want to sound religious, but there's a lot of people in church who listen to you guys and they're like, oh, that's not very Christian of them to say that. Well, aren't they kind of right? Because one of the fruit of the spirit is like patience and long suffering and kindness and all that stuff. So aren't they kind yeah, of right? And would it be a sin to be making fun of somebody or roasting somebody or anything like that? And like take Tom McGinnis, when he noticed that his insults towards somebody was actually hurting them, he wouldn't stop. He would dig in harder. So I want to know, like, would that be, is that a sin to do that? And the only reason why I want to know is because I don't want to go to hell because I roasted somebody hard. Thank you. Well, I mean, first of all, we love people. If you don't love people, you shouldn't roast them. Exactly so, right. Yeah. Exactly right. So, Roasting is not to get back and hit the people because you're angry. Roasting is basically you pick on people you like. Tom never picked on anybody that he didn't like. And that's just the way it is. And the bottom side, the, the other side, I mean, Tom used to roast me, and I loved it. 
and I, I actually brought him down to come roast me at my 40th birthday. So, you know, but I, most people that cannot handle roasting is because they're arrogant. They're full of pride. They're arrogant. And they, 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 right. they, they I felt like I've been humiliated. Get over yourself. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Seriously. So, I, I mean, really, I mean, it, talk about, you know, love doesn't even count it as a wrong. So if somebody did roast you, you just wouldn't be offended by it because you're walking in love. See, so, so how come it's bad for the one person to roast you, but it's good for you to get offended? You know, right? I mean, seriously, people, people are selective in what they, in in what they, um, in what they do. You know, so here's a Nikki. Hey, Dr. Rodney, just taking another second to say thank you for raising up real pastors. My pastor is Eric Mears. We are starting our church plan in Annapolis. Everything's going well. And he is a true pastor. If I, he had not, if God had not intervened in my life through him, I wouldn't be here today. So I just thank you for your ministry and raising up real on fire men and women of God. Thank you so much, sir. Hey, that's great, Nikki. And actual fact, Eric's right here. Eric's uh, Hey, Nikki, how are you? Love you, Hazy. So they he's was, sitting right here. That, with that, me was, right that now. was clearly just that was clearly just you further away from the phone. <laughs> Nobody, <laughs> Nobody's in my voice. No, no. You can hear him laugh in the background. No, he's a, he's an amazing man, really is. All right, who we got next? Jose. Hey, Jonathan, I guess you were serious about your tight security on Saturday because after service when my wife and I tried to talk to you or, you know, you were gone like the wind. Yeah. What happens when I do those weekend meetings? I was staying 45 minutes from the church. Saturday night uh, ends. It was close to 11 o'clock. Church is at 11 in the morning. And then I have a night service and then I have to fly home and do check the news. So. I got to get my wife and my kid home to sleep. If I stay around to talk, everybody wants to talk. And then it's the difference between leaving at 11 or 1230. So usually, as you've seen, I stay around to talk. But sometimes on something like that, where there's a tight turnaround with Saturday night service and Sunday morning, I get out. So sorry if your panties are in a knot. Here's Natalia. No, I, I think what happens is... The reason people, why me and my oh, husband... Wait, wait, wait. All right. Uh, wait, I think... I think what happens is a lot of people, they don't understand what it's like to travel and minister constantly. They think you're on holiday, and you're actually not. And a lot of times when you finish ministering, it's really the worst time because you're still under an anointing. So even if they get with you, they might not get you to the point where you can actually have a discussion because God's still speaking to you, and you're still dealing you know, with what the Holy Ghost has been doing in the service. So sometimes that's not the best time to get with somebody. I mean, just to shake hands, say hi, whatever, or if if there's a prayer line or something like that. But people don't realize, and I've been doing this 41 years. I mean, you 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 got to get you got to get back. You got to rest so you are refreshed when you minister. I just want to say that. Yeah, and I I have an eight year old with me. You know, so she was asleep in the pew 
and I got a 45 minute drive back to the hotel and then we got to get up early to go back to church. So sometimes I have to consider my family ahead of, uh, ahead of people wanting to talk. And you know, I, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that sticks around to talk as much as I do. But the bottom line is I'm not there to talk and meet with people though. I do it because because I like people and like talking to them. I give out what I have to give out when I preach. I preach, and I know Pastor Rodney's the same way. It's not, not like you got a 35-minute thing for me. I preach for two hours, then pray for everybody, and I'm done. And whatever somebody couldn't get in that three hours, having a little chat with me for four extra minutes isn't going to do much to help them. Here's uh, Natalia. The reason why me and my husband were even attracted to Jonathan's ministry and Pastor Rodney's ministry was because they roasted people. Because we grew up in the church where pastors would, I, I don't, they're so lame. They have no flavor. They have no style. <laughs> they're just what they say, vanilla. And so the first time I ever heard Jonathan and Pastor Rodney roasting someone, that's when I knew that they were real men of God. Well, well I thank you. That. What she said, and I, I'm saying this so the guy that asked the question originally, Makana, can hear. He said, what do you say about people that say that you guys joke around too much? Or People are always going to have something to say about what you should do differently. So but who really cares? Makes, Listen, who really that, cares what people say anyway? I mean, they would have been critical of Jesus. I mean, remember, Jesus, Jesus picked on people. Yeah, and he wasn't joking around. He, he said no, he called the Sire of Phoenician woman a dog, you know. You whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones. He wasn't joking. Yeah, the blind lead the blind. You strain a net and swallow a camel. You cross land and sea to make one convert. And when you do, you make him twice the devil of hell that you are. <laughs> that's so, right. That, I guess he was roasting. And some people that yeah. reject the gospel are going to roast anyway. So it's but better to roast. Huh? I, I was going to tell McConnell, what ends up happening is you get so concerned about who likes what about you that you actually end up appealing to no one because that's the whole purpose of criticism is it turns you into this vanilla person that you don't say anything funny because some people don't like when you say funny things. Then you don't say anything that's controversial because then that also no, I don't want it to be talks. politically correct. We've got to be politically correct. We must be PC. So, so in your effort to not offend anyone, you end up not attracting anyone because you're just a boring loser. So, you know, it's not, it's not like me and Pastor Rodney are trying to make a doctrine out of roasting people. That's who we are. You know, one, one thing you can't say about me is that I'm phony or that Pastor Rodney's phony. And the other thing, I don't talk about people behind their back. I talk about them to their face. So gossip and slander and all that, that's not something you do in person. So anyway, I just, you know, you say, well, what, what do you have to say to people that think you're too hard? I don't have anything to say to them. But it's interesting how that lady made that comment that the same thing that makes other people not like you is something that makes other people like you. So if you try to always alter yourself to appeal to the people who don't like you, you actually end up appealing to nobody. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's like if I had engaged my whole ministry just to appeal to ministers so they could like me, I would never reach people. 
I never read to never. people. But when you when you love people, when you love people, and even if you provoke them, they turn around. People turn around, and you can you can do it in a way where people realize this person loves me. You know, so I picked on many people. I'll walk out and see somebody, and then pick on them the whole night, and they're the first ones to come to the altar. You know, and and just God reaches out and touches them. So, anyway. Here is Makana. Dr. Rodney, if you could go back in time to when you were first starting out in ministry and do something different, then what would you do and why? Um, just slow down a little bit, you know, and uh, probably spend more time with my wife and kids in the early days. Um, I mean, although the kids tell me, no, Dad, it's just fine. But... I think I was in so much of a hurry, you know. I, I felt, you know, coming from Africa, coming to America, in those first 10 years of ministry, um, I, I felt like I was, I was on a mission, you know. And uh, so I, I, I don't know. My wife differs with me on it. She says, look, we had to do what we had to do. Otherwise, we wouldn't have done what we've done. So, um, but I think for anybody, Spend, the time you spend with your family is very important, especially when your kids are small. You you can't you can't get that back again. You can't. They don't grow younger. They you know. So we trying to rectify no, that. Sorry, you're you're totally right. There's nothing more important than the time with your family, and you can't let the things, the other things that you're doing, detract from that. Hold on one second, Camila. Turn that off and be quiet while I'm talking to people that I'm in the <laughs> ministry with. <laughs> Here is uh, Mike, Michael Weber. Hey, Pastor. Hey, Evangelist Jonathan. Love you both. This app is pretty awesome that we get to interact with you like this. Uh, my question is, I obviously, you know, I really believe in blessing men and women of God personally. Um, I wanted to know, like, how would you define or describe the line between blessing a man or woman of God desiring an impartation and how somebody would say, like, you're paying for a miracle or, or bribing them or whatever? Um, like what's the best way to define that line for somebody? Your motive that's behind it. That's how you define it. If you're doing it to bribe someone or to try to make them think better of you, then that's what it is. If you're doing it to spiritually honor someone and do it that way, then that's what it is. That's why, like we were talking about roasting, two people can say the same thing. And one person, it's like me, I can make fun of somebody's haircut. And they'll laugh because I'm not actually like upset at them or think, you know, I'm trying to like make a spectacle of them. I'm just, it's just, it's set out of a heart of love. And then another person can say it and it could decimate the person because they actually are mean. It's the same. And then two people can do the same action and, and, and it not um, one person it's received and the other person it's, it's rejected by God because it's, it's all about your heart that's behind it. Kyle? Yeah. I Besides that, oh, wait, wait. Wait. besides that, when people, when people come along, if they come with that motive, I suss it out very quickly. And, and then I, I don't even respond that way. So you can see right. whose heart is right or wrong. You're doing it long enough. You can see this is manipulation or whatever. And you just tell people, no, thank you. I don't want it. Thank you so much. I prefer you just give this to somebody else. And that kind of stuff, you know. So, anyway. Oh, here's a uh, Callum. I heard people in yellow glasses have shit hats. 
I know that's well, a terrible problem in the UK at this time. Um, very bad problem, Callum. So, uh, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Brent. <laughs> hey, Jonathan. Hey, Dr. Rodney. I'm listening from just outside Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Congrats on the new church, Jonathan, and thank you, Dr. Rodney, for taking a stand. My entire family has been watching your services almost every night, and they've been such a blessing to our whole family. Thank you so much. Hey, I like the That's way nice you call to it you. Toronto, Ontario, China. Sorry about that, but we're praying for Canada. Yeah, did you see the um, all the people out in Montreal last night to find the lockdown? Yeah, I know the Canadians are going to have to stand up now. If they don't, they will go into oblivion. I mean, it's, I heard they're going to bail Canada out with billions of dollars, but that's what the World Bank's doing while they basically consolidate their asset, you know. So, yeah, very sad. Love you, Brandon. Thanks for the nice message. Hey, guys, I got a question for both of you. Uh, what advice would you give me when it comes to parenting and raising your children according to the bible when you have the other parent who isn't a believer and side note uh we're no longer together so uh every time they're with her and when i have them back i feel like i have to reteach them uh what what i've taught them in the time that i had them well sometimes you gotta let the hen know who the rooster is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that line. Um, let me say this, Joel. I mean, that is a huge problem, but you love your kids, and they'll learn to see the difference. They'll see the difference between what's right and wrong, and they'll realize that dad speaks the truth and mom is playing games. It'll happen. They might be small at this time, but they'll grow, and they'll they'll choose. Just keep putting the word in. Remember, they want to hear from you. Even though they might act, oh, dad, no, we're not one to listen. They, they, they will respond and they will listen to you because they love their father. So I just want to say that. That's great advice. Hey, Jonathan. Um, just wanted to let you know that um, I actually don't have panties on. Um, I have on boxer briefs. <laughs> um, no, but all jokes aside, um, no, I totally get it. Um, but I just wanted to tell you about how, you know, God's definitely been moving and my, not only my life, but my family's life since, um, we last seen you in Lancaster. Um, just wanted to say, you know, God bless you and your family. Well, thank you. That's very nice. I'm, I'm glad God's moving in you and your family. You got a great, great family. Wow. Listeners growing. Yeah, it's just past the. The hour, I think some people are eating supper here on the East Coast, you know. Sure. Well, we have, we have a comment. Let's see what we got. You know, I knew people that had that problem. What problem? What he just talked about. Oh, with the... Uh, no, this... You, the, about you just played a comment. So I said I knew somebody had that problem. Oh. The sound. Yeah, they just never could, they never could speak up. 
It's hard to believe we that had them sing Silent Night. Crazy, eh? Oh, there he is. Stereo All right, here we go. Hey, Jonathan. I was in the meetings in Texas and um, just wanted to let you know that God healed my back and it is still healed. I went to the chiropractor. I go, I used to go pretty regularly. And he could not adjust me because there's nothing to adjust. The pain is gone. It, when I wake up in the morning, everything gets fine. So just wanted to say blessings to you and to uh, your family. Also, you like highballs. What does a Dallas like? What's her favorite? What's her favorite beverage? Switch she goes for Adalis loves old Milwaukee light beer. <laughs> Adalis loves getting in her bass boat, taking a 24-pack of old Milwaukee light, just bass fishing. That's how she passes the time now that she lost custody of Camilla. Um, Adalis, what does she like to drink? I don't know because it's changed so much. You know, Adonis started going, started exercising pretty, pretty heavily. So, you know, if you asked me a year ago or more, the answer would have been Coke. She liked, she liked Coca-Cola. And then now I think she just drinks like alkaline water. I mean, she's like totally changed what she eats and drinks. So sorry, sorry, I don't have like a a good answer for it. Here's my comment. Dr. Rodney, we hear the stories all the time from Pastor Morocco about uh, the revival you guys had in 1995. Um, I want to hear your side of the story and your side of the revival. Well, the revival's never stopped. The revival never was relegated to 1995. That's just when a lot of people got touched. Actual fact, the revival started in 89 in upstate New York. Picked up momentum nineteen ninety one. In ninety actually hit Southern Africa ninety one. And uh ninety up in Alaska and certain places, ninety one, ninety-two, ninety-three. I mean, I the first time it hit the islands was in nineteen eighty-nine, when right after the it had broken out in Honolulu. So the revival is better today than it was in ninety five. So some people are just stuck in the place where they remember when they got touched and they think that's when God moved and he stopped moving. But I would not stop. I would not swap what's happening right now, today, in 2021, than for anything that happened in the 90s. That was just preparation. And, uh, I mean, you should have been in church yesterday. Uh, It was was heavenly. And um, so we're in the middle of the greatest move of God now, right now greater than anything of the 90s. So, but it swept the islands. It, sh- it rocked the whole place. And um, people have to get hungry for revival. And they, you know, a lot of people get attached to little religious things that they do and little trinkets and little side issues. And, you know, but revival is not just wearing yourself out and um, getting dry. And, and revival is being hungry and thirsty and passionate and, on fire and winning souls and laying hands on the sick and casting out devils and 
just really the book of Acts becoming alive in your life on a daily basis. That's what revival really is. answer. And we pray for Maui that you guys open up. There's total insanity what's happening there in your state. And the governor needs to be rebuked. And, and so do all those local officials for shutting the islands down, destroying your, your economy and destroying your, you know, tourism. And I, I want to come to Maui. I, I, I miss Maui. I miss Maui today. Because I normally I made a trip to Maui by March. So I really miss Maui. But I'm not coming there to wear a mask. I don't wear a mask. We never have. I'm not wearing masks. And I'm not, I'm not having them track at me. And they're not sticking no needle in my whatever. We ain't doing that stuff. So as long as they play games in the state, I ain't come back. We, well, I live here in free Florida. Florida is great. It's good to see the states opening up in mass, in mass, 20, 20 plus states now. Yeah, now it's happening. People are standing up and just saying enough is enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Which if 10,000 pastors have got arrested when I did, we wouldn't be dealing with this problem. No, it took people a long time to wake up, but Relative to the rest of the world, America woke up fast. I'm, I'm stunned it took some people like a year to realize that there's an agenda at work. Yeah, and some people still haven't woken up. True. Pastor Rodney and Jonathan, what's your opinion on um, pastors who um, they're a bit passive about their congregation members taking the vaccination? They're okay with it and they'll make comments like, I would take it if I need to travel, you know, or, or to go and do God's work and God will understand Oh, you. I'm trying to. Um, I'm trying to understand that reasoning. Um, so, because I need to travel and do God's work, God will understand. And the problem is, on the back of these vaccinations, 30% um, of the world will be gone in seven years. 30% of the world's population will die in the next seven years because of these vaccines. So how would you encourage your church to take something that ultimately could kill them what kind of a pastor would encourage his people to get a shot? It's impossible to do a vaccine in, in nine months or a year. Vaccines take over 10 years. And if you won't disclose what the ingredients are, then why should we stick that in our body? I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. You know, my body, my choice. Come on, let's play that thing backwards. 
my body, my choice. And you're not putting anything in my body. I don't know what it is. And I don't know what's going to do. The fact is that we've already heard of people dying with multiple problems, multiple symptoms, and it's horrendous. And then these vaccine companies have immunity, so no one can do anything about it, can't do anything. Well, why would you allow, by law, companies to be immune from the penalty of a medicine where if any one of us made some medicine, they would hold us accountable until we could prove that the medicine has passed clinical trials. I saw a cartoon of two rats in a cage. And the one rat turned to the other rat and said, have you had your COVID vaccine yet? And the other rat said, no, it hasn't passed human trials yet. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so the fact is people are being sick, but it's actually not a vaccine. It's an experimental biologic. It's not a vaccine. And I think there's 130 vaccine companies. How, how are you going to... How are you going to standardize 130 vaccines? What are you What are you doing? Are you smoking Hunter Biden's crack pipe? I mean, how do you how do you how do you hold the quality to what you're putting in your body? And then, what are the ramifications of it? That's all I'm asking. So you don't have to be stupid about it, and, and you should you should know what you're doing. And I think. There's going to be a lot of people dead at the end of the day. Anyway, that's my take on John. You well, that you covered the health side. The, I would say even above that, the reason you take a stand against it is is with a brain. You can see where it's going. That the pet, all the stuff that you were considered a conspiracy theorist for believing is is openly discussed now. A, a COVID passport that you're not allowed to leave home without your phone. You can be tracked. You couldn't even do, you couldn't meet, have home Bible study with people if they shut your church down because the app would know that there's 30 people meeting in a location and the police would come and shut it down like they've already done in Israel. And then if you start making it where you have to have a vaccine and, and, and for your app to turn green to get places, it's not going to stop with the app. It's going to be that your taxes are paid up that you're a citizen in good standing with the party, that you don't write anything inflammatory on social media, just like China. So for that alone, and for all the times we've been lied to in the last year, you should take a stand. Freedom is worth standing for. You don't just keep making one capitulation after another. Close your church when they say to close your church, take a vaccine because they told you to take a vaccine. There's no, you know, like you, your original question, there's no use trying to understand how those people think because the truth is they don't think. They do what they're told and they find some, ki some kind of quasi-spiritual rationale for why it's okay to, to, to capitulate. That's why the UK is in the shape that it's in. You know, we only had a few people stand up in America, but at least we had a few. England, South Africa, France, you keep going. Not where are the ministers that, that know what the book of Revelation says? I mean, if there was no book of Revelation, then whatever. But when you see that there's an Antichrist agenda specifically lined up and lined out uh, in the Bible and that 
that playbook's being followed verbatim right now. You don't need that much Bible knowledge and, and, and Christianity in you to say, I'm not going along with it. I'm fighting it. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.